Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, Episode 6, wherein I jam and chat with Renaissance man Brian Slattery. I really love the theme of this episode. Brian doesn't learn old-time tunes from source recordings, so we chose tunes that he learned from specific people in person. In a way, Brian is more old-time than my nerdiest guests. God bless them. His sources are all relational. Also, he lets the folk process do its work. Brian likes to say that he isn't precious about what the tune is. Big thanks to Harry Bullock and Pat Shores for hosting this episode at their beautiful home and feeding us wonderful food. Stick around after the interview for details on how to support the show and get access to this week's bonus track, another tune from my jam with Brian and Harry Bullock with the ever-so-quaint title, Rats Gone to Rest. Brian Slattery, everybody. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Right on. <laughs> yeah, late for the dance. Welcome. Hey. Oh, I, f- I forgot to ask. I always try to ask right before we start. How do you pronounce your name? I'm Brian Slattery, right? You got it. Yeah. Sometimes I uh, I start off and I say it wrong right away. This, That's okay. I'm, I'm new to this podcasting thing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I had a, I had a point where I was interviewing somebody on the radio and I completely blanked on their name, like <laughs> a fraction of a second before I had to say it. It was really embarrassing. Please welcome this cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> to, oh man, to it our was, radio station. It was rough. She knew what happened too. You know, she's like, I forgive you this time. <laughs> well, it was was it that kind of radio that's actually recorded and podcasted later or is it just yeah. gone oh, for- yeah. okay so oh, yeah. it wasn't gone forever oh, radio no. <laughs> it's like this is sticking around good this <laughs> <laughs> to be rebroadcasted later right on yeah it's fun i think i met you at i think i'm did you go to Gennaro two years ago i feel like i met you at Gennaro two years ago probably yeah probably and we played at clifftop uh-huh Where i mostly saw you and then my- we played at Gennaro this year yeah, a lot. We played a lot yeah. this year. I mostly saw you at Clifftop uh, two years ago, playing in those like those swing jams. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How long have you been doing swing jams at Clifftop? Uh, a few years. There's there's a guy who goes to Clifftop named Ken Bloom, who is a tremendous musician in many ways, and but he's a fantastic jazz guitar player and clarinet player for that matter, and. Um, Several years ago now, I sort of tromped up to him and I was like, you need to teach me how to play jazz. And he's like, okay. So there was one year where I basically made him play jazz with me for as long as he could stand, which turned out to be a long time. Yeah. And then, you know, so yeah, it's been a few years now. It's always really, uh, I feel like at Clifftop, because it lasts so long, people are really... Uh, eager to do something other than play old time music, <laughs> so they like look yeah. for opportunities to do something no, else. No, absolutely. Like yeah. I feel like I feel like my my day at Clifftop is basically like non old time during the day and then old time at night. All right. There there are exceptions, but that's that tends to be how it shakes out. Like by the end of the day, I'm just like totally wiped out. And what el- what else do you do non old time at Clifftop? Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of swing and blues and jug bandy kind of stuff and the occasional like Eastern European thing. I've heard that, I don't know if this happened last year. I've heard that, uh, there's a group of people who do Terry Riley's in C. That happens. Have you done that? I, I, they did it twice. I keep missing it I did the second one. Yeah. How did it sound? Was it, uh, was it good? It was cool. Okay. It was really cool. I mean... (laughs) I think what was particularly cool is, I mean, as as uh, a, f- a friend of mine, Nathan Bontrager, who plays cello, put it, he's like, Terry Riley would, like, weep with joy right now uh-huh. if he could see what we were doing. Up in the mountains. Yeah, like, it's really cool music. that we, and, it's, and, it, and it is, like, a, in, in many ways, it's, like, a very accessible piece. Like, it, yeah. it's it's actually not that hard to play. So for, the, for those Especially of you who for don't... people who, like... Who are who are good at keeping time, right? Which is what old time is like the best at. <laughs> yeah, For those NC of you who don't know what NC piece. is, it's a uh, it's a minimalist piece by Terry Riley, and there's I think 54 measures, something like 53, that. 53, 54. Little fragments of music. Yeah, and the idea is you everyone plays through all the measures, but you sort of repeat the measures. The individual repeats the measures like as often as uh, he or she wants until feels like it's time to move on to the next measure right and the idea is everyone's supposed to kind of stay within uh five or ten measures of each other and everyone's yeah. starting the measures on different pulses and on the like music it says that there needs to be like 
an attractive woman playing uh, high the two highest C's on the piano for eighth notes the whole time. <laughs> That's what it says. It needs to be a beautiful woman playing high C's. So I was wondering, what did you have in, instead of that? Uh, someone was playing a, a, a banjo uke. Obviously, Just yeah. Just to get to like ding, 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 ding. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that would be how you would do that at Clifftop. Yeah, no, it really sounded cool. It was it was neat. It was neat. That's it was awesome. a great it was a great experiment, for sure. Well, hopefully, I'll catch it. This and more year than an experiment, it, it was it was really fun to play. And it sounded yeah. good. And... Hmm. Um. What was I going to ask you? So you wanted to do the theme of of this show was you yeah. wanted to do all tunes that you learned from other people. Well, I have actually with with maybe like four exceptions, I've always learned tunes from other people. Yeah, you're not like you yeah. can read dots, but yeah. you generally prefer not to. Yeah, or even off time. recordings, like I've I don't or yeah. I don't I don't learn them off recordings and I don't learn them off of she music. It's always just been by like playing with people. Now and, when you learn it from someone, how uh I mean, obviously you really explore the space in tunes anyway, but like uh, when you learn a tune from someone, how mm-hmm. how much would you say by the time like you've been playing it and leading it at jams, how far does it get from the way that they play it? That's a great question. I I mean the the real answer is I have no idea. Right. But the the slightly more self aware answer to that question is like uh-huh. <laughs> whatever like drew me to the tune in the first place. Yes. Something about the way that they played it. Right. Is the part that I try to hang on to. So like it could be like a phrase that I sure. that I thought was particularly cool or like a some sort of like rhythmic thing that happened that I really liked. And like that part I really do try to hang on to. It's like the reason that I learned the tune in the first place and usually the reason I can remember it. Right. <laughs> it has to have some sort of catch otherwise it's just a mess of pentatonic like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like there there are a lot of tunes that it's not that I don't it, it's, it's not even necessarily that I, I don't like the tunes I can't remember. It's just that like sure. there's ones I can remember and ones I can't. Yeah. And it's like the the ones I can remember whatever it is that made them memorable I, I tend not to mess with that very much. Mm-hmm. And I also don't like and I don't like throw away the whole structure either. Right. You know, it would take it would take a lot for me to like even break from the form because mm-hmm. it seems sort of unnecessarily, you know, hey, look, we can break from the form. It's like big deal. You know, it's like uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the limitations are part of the, the attraction of old time music yeah. right? to have the form yeah, so that you guys know what the boundaries are. So you can go right up to it. Right. Take over the edge of it. And, I'm a, and I, I love like it especially playing other instruments, but like I've been over the years, I've been like as a fiddle player, I've been trying to give all the other instruments like space, Mm -hmm. you know? So like the longer I play a tune, like if I play a tune for 25 minutes, which actually isn't that unusual, (laughs) like there, there's a good like five minutes in there where I'm barely playing anything. Like Uh I, I love hearing what other people are doing. Yeah. And like, because typically like, the fiddler is the one playing the most notes. If you were to graph yeah. out all the notes, yeah. you have the most, but yeah. you're not necessarily you're not necessarily holding it down. Once everyone is like on the same page, like yeah. and, and listening, you back up. Yeah, and I liked I liked like because this is this happened because I was like I would play with people and I sort of realized like well the less I play the more they will do uh-huh. and the more <laughs> interesting that is to me to listen to like I like. 
I mostly I like playing music because I like listening to music. Yeah, <laughs> that's and that's a good reason. And that's the you know reason. that's kind of it. And, and yeah. you know the, there's a, there's something really pleasurable about like people that you people that you know and love like conversing with each other that way, you know. And for the fiddle player to be able to just like let that happen mm-hmm. instead of sort of making them play the same thing over and over again. Or I'm making them listen to the same thing over and over again, for that matter. You know, I uh, I was just listening to um, old voice memos from my iPhone, and uh, I got that. Um, I got to the the jam that me, you, and Jody were were playing <laughs> at Gennaro uh, last summer, and um, the last one of the jam, I think, uh, is we we played uh, Coon Dog, and the file just stops. Because, uh, or so it stopped <laughs> writing information. It kept on like ticking, but it stopped writing information because I ran out of uh, I ran out yeah. of room. That's how long we yeah. played that tune. Yeah. That tune has two chords, but it we chords. I was ready to keep keep going. You know, it's like yeah, and there's there's a lot of fun in exploring like uh-huh. those. They, I mean, the thing is, is like you play other genres of music, and, I, and of course, like I love I love all the music that I play, but like there's nothing that quite does for me what old time does you like every once in a while i meet somebody who sort of assumes that because i've started to play jazz or whatever that i'm like getting bored with fiddle music and Mm -hmm. it's just like no 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 Mm -hmm. like (laughs) it's you know all this other stuff is helping me play fiddle music better better in the sense of like more like how i want to play but like i don't know there's there's some spot in my brain that this that this music hits like nothing else yeah i'm just i'm often walking around and i'm like (laughs) like what is that you know it'll be a tune that like has sort of been creeping back up more frequently into the jams and it's sort of like Mm -hmm. i learn it in the moment and then i forget it obviously i've known spotted pony (laughs) forever but Mm -hmm. um you know it'll be like a a new tune to me and then it's sort of just like kind of osmosis like gets in there and stays and that's that's mostly how i learn tunes tunes these days except for for this show because i gotta like i want to like have people request jam busters if they want (laughs) you know like (laughs) right that's yeah um, right but yeah that's that's a really pleasurable way to like learn music is just just have it like oh all of a sudden i yeah i know how to play um forked deer for sure you know and i never tried to learn it yep yeah. Yeah, you can you eventually can just get some of them. Yeah. I mean it I think if I played if I probably if I played less, I would end up learning more tunes from uh-huh. recordings and things like that. But I I don't know. I just keep driving around and playing with people instead. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Nice. Uh let's play this uh let's play this Dole Chisel. Sure. Now, everyone plays this really differently and uh I'm interested to see how we're gonna play it. Because yeah. everyone has like it's obvious when it's Dole Chisel. But everyone has totally right. different pathways up and down right. at different times. So let's see what happens. <laughs> well, and the, and, the, and the reason I thought this would be fun to do is because, like, I remember learning it at one point, And then um, I, Kathy Mason, who lives in Boston, she's a fiddle player, um, telling me I was doing the A part wrong. Mm. And I had my little, like, I had my little, like, you know, 15-year-old moment of being like, you can't tell me how to play you know, but then I was like, no, I've heard you do that before. (laughs) I'll tell that story. It's keeping me young. Yeah. (laughs) It's good. 
<laughs> for the like yeah but then she played it i mean you know i was like no how do you play it and she played it and i and i did like it better uh-huh. you know? i was like all right cool yeah i, I want to i'm glad you did that you know so i do actually try to play the a part the way that she played it which is i don't even know which one the a part it. is so so when i first heard the tune i had them quote unquote flipped over right and but now I start on the other part because I've been I've been beaten into submission by the. Do you start consensus. with? Yeah. Okay. Good. But I never heard it that way. It was the, right. It, was it very seems confusing. natural to end on that part. Hey, we can if we want. We'll, now I have, yeah. now I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> All right, I think I'm still good. Okay. start playing old time music when did that happen um well i grew up in ithaca new york which you know old time people know is has its particular sound okay and a, and a bunch of really good players um and i was classically trained when i was a kid and so i i heard classically trained violin okay yeah um and i i really loved all of the fiddle music i was hearing but it was like totally alien and also like 
really intimidating. You know, it was like uh-huh. <laughs> I couldn't figure out. I like I would watch I would watch uh, any of the fiddle players in Ithaca play, and I I didn't even understand how what I was seeing their right hand doing was producing the sound that I was hearing. It was just like, well, okay, that's this crazy thing that they do, and it's great, right. but it's totally inaccessible, and that's the end of that. And um, then I went to college, and a friend of mine, who actually also had grown up in Ithaca, was like, I want to learn to play the banjo. Will you learn to play the fiddle? And I was like, okay. And then uh, you know, I sort of hacked and slashed away at it for about a year and a half by myself before I realized I really had no idea what I was doing. Right. And um, <laughs> then it, so I took um, a lesson from Judy Hyman, who basically gave me the, uh hour and a half long two hour ish sort of primer on how to do the bowings yeah and it's all the right hand yeah yeah (laughs) and like by that time i'd figured out at least that part of it that like you know it was all the all the stuff i wanted was in the right hand yeah and um it took me about a year and a half to digest those two hours Uh (laughs) and then i went back for another lesson where i had all these questions about like well how do you turn around this phrase and how do you turn around that phrase um, and she, so we, you know, we talked about that and then that was, that was it. And then she was like, you just have to go out and play a lot. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> now in that, uh, you know. in between those two lessons, mm-hmm. were you going out and playing in jams? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, I mean, that's when I started, that's when I started like trying to find as many people around me as I could, which were not many. I mean, it was really nice that, that I had, I was still in college at that point. So uh-huh. this 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 guy and I were still hanging out and the two of us were sort of like each other's we we Wing just man. played a lot together <laughs> like cuz you know they were the only people around um it was and it's partially cuz we were in college right and then like partially because we were in college in like rural northwest massachusetts where there just aren't that many people so um yeah we but, but we just played a lot and tried to get as get together as many people as we could and you know hashed it out but I didn't actually really start playing a lot a lot until I moved to New York where there's a much bigger scene I mean it's got to be bigger than three right (laughs) you know so that's when that's when I really started playing for real and probably like probably right about 1999 after playing for a few years is when I finally feel like I got the old time lobotomy where I wasn't like having to think (laughs) constantly about what I was doing in order to keep everything together. And I was starting to be able to think like where I'd finally kind of internalized enough that I could, that I could then like really, uh, be playing music instead of feeling like I was like touch typing in a savantish sort of way. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I feel like true harmony is like you and I'm, and I mean this to be zoom out spiritual too, is the ability to like sing and listen at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's like a, it's a difficult thing to do. You typically retot to take turns, you know, but it's really yeah. satisfying to like learn it while you're, while you're playing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. jump in and then absolutely follow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess like I feel like I'm always trying to play. It doesn't sound like it from what we've played so far, but like ultimately I'm actually trying to play less most of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
What uh, what key is this Fancy Creek in? I don't remember. Uh, it's in D. It's in D? Okay, I'm going to yeah. get to D real quick. Yeah, yeah. so will I. The, the biggest reason I wanted to do this tune next, like all of these, when I, when I mentioned that they're all connected to people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Late for the Dance is my little, like, thanks horseflies for mm-hmm. for all of that. And, like, the uh, Fancy Creek is, like, the one of the tunes that, that I played a lot with this guy named Nathaniel Rowan, who made my fiddle and my banjo and we were brian's like, fiddle is green <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and not glossy green yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like but matte you know, green <laughs> it's <yeah>. awesome <laughs> well, when we when we when we met in new york we sort of immediately hit it off musically and ended up playing together at least once a week for a couple of years and then we were roommates for a little while and like he was one of those people that was very good at like teaching me how to just play and not worry so much about, you know, details like what the tune was and all of that. What the tune was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was, it was yeah. really good. Cause like, he's, he's such a sort of instinctual musician. Like he's, he, you know, he's, he's got like wonderful rhythm, definitely like a wonderful rhythmic sensibility that was a, a really good thing for me to come across. And you know, the, at the point where I was at, <laughs> musically so he so, taught you this tune yeah 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 i mean by, it's, it's by fred it's by fred campo campo yeah okay i think that's how you pronounce i hadn't it. tried to say that out loud yet yeah. i that's the first time that's the first time for me <laughs> it seems right <laughs> we do our best yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
that's a fancy creek. <laughs> <laughs> fancy creek. Crick. Fancy crick. What do you say? Uh, well, in, in Ithaca, there's a divide between people who say creek and people who say crick. Now, is it... I'm is, on the creek side of the creek. Is it is the divide based on a... Uh, uh, a sort of accusation of pretension or affectation, or are there people who no, no, no. straight up say "crick" because yeah, that's what their heart I think it's, tells them to say? <laughs> I think it's mostly a, a transplant versus right. And my parents, my parents are transplants to the area, mm-hmm. so I say "creek" like they say "creek." I'm a transplant but, to Philly, so I say I say "water," like everyone other than Philadelphians and some New Jersey. Did they put an R in it? They say "water." Nice. Yeah. You heard That's that? Great. Talk yes. to native Philadelphians. Yeah. 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 Neil deGrasse Tyson says Wooder. I wonder if he's from Philly or maybe Jersey. He could I, be. Every once in a while you hear it, you hear it pop up and I'm like, yeah. Philly. <laughs> I recognize that. Yeah. And they say radiator. <laughs> That's kind of great, actually. Yeah. I might start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like refreshing to, uh, yeah, I mean... It's it's really tempting to borrow that culture. I mean, that's what I'm doing with <laughs> with this. I don't have any of my own. I grew up in in the suburbs. Yeah, and, uh... <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like a lot of us are doing that now. Sure. You know? I I know like that gets that gets tricky on one hand. On the other hand, like the the uh, the alternative is worse, right? Where everybody yeah. like stays in their own corners. It's like you, yeah. you you just have to go be what you were when you started. Like you don't get to do anything else. Like. How that stinks. Yeah, we're we're culturally <laughs> impoverished. We need these handouts. <laughs> Don't judge us. We need this. Right. Right. Yeah. There's there's definitely a difference between cultural exchange and and appropriation. Yeah. Of course. At one point they be. were one and the be. same, and that was just accepted. But yeah, that's how this music came about. <laughs> uh, play this alone, Prairie. Oh yeah. So I should I should so. Like I said, they're all attached to people. And this one's attached to John Beckoff, who is a, was a, still is really, a very fine fiddle player and multi-instrumentalist who lives And he in will be. Brattleboro. <laughs> yeah. Was, is, and will be. Let's get exactly. all the tenses covered. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But he is, he was, he was a, like, like Nathaniel, he was one of those guys who came, like, I managed to run across him at like, it was one of those like right place, right time sort of things where like, at a point where I was trying to figure out, well, you know, now what do I want to do with all of this? Like he sort of came, he came into my life as somebody who is like already doing a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do. And like that it was possible was like really great to see. And then also just the, like the sort of human being he was, was Mm -hmm. like super inspiring. And like in like everybody else on this list, one of the things that ties them all together is his willingness to play tunes forever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But he had he had just had like he was he had a he was a wonderful musician. I think the so, recording you sent me of this is like a good ten minutes long. At yeah, least. yeah, yeah. And he was like like he, I would literally play with him until I like physically couldn't play. Uh-huh. I was I always played banjo, and it was like I just played until my hands didn't work anymore. And he's like, oh, I guess we're done. You know? <laughs> it's a good time are. to stop. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice thinking I got every note I could, you know. <laughs> ¶¶ 
feels really good. Doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it? It's a great, it's a, it must be a song, right? Seems like that it he, is, yeah. That he just turned into a fiddle tune. So before, quite effectively. Before we turn on the mics, you were saying that that's in three? Yeah. You, think you conceive of I, that in three? Yes. So it's like, ready? It goes. Oh my goodness. Oh man. That changes everything. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't like... I still held on. I still counted somehow. Yeah, I mean, I think like, yeah. I think that's why it's conceivable. Is because it's actually regular underneath it. Interesting. All of the... I know, because the, the phrasing in the first part is pretty gnarly. Yeah. But ultimately, it's in three. Ultimately, <laughs> it's in three. Like, if, I were, if, if, if there were a bass player, I'd be like, the way to get through this is that, there's, that there are these big mm-hmm. beats that happen every three beats, right? I wrote this like uh, this some variation, but original Clawhammer tune. It changes meters a bunch, and um, I was teaching my brother-in-law who plays trumpet to like play it with me, and uh, we were, you know, we had been working on it for like half an hour, and then um, somehow we got onto the the topic of oh, it's when we started adding the uh, adding the chordal instruments into it, mm-hmm. whereas like we had to we started talking about where one is. And yeah, it right. turned into a big, yeah, big philosophical <laughs> discussion, you know, and it got, it got yeah. really deep, you know, cause it's like, we're all, you know, like, where is beat one? Where is the downbeat? You know, like it changes everything about, uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, as a trumpeter, it sounded really cool with him conceiving it as, as in another beat. Well, once we tried to have the bassist play along right. and like, then it like was put up. chords underneath it. Then it was like, okay, we have to like make some compromises. So we yeah, actually, you have to make like, a decision. At yeah, least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if this is going to have any sort of actual form, right. uh, That we can agree on, which yep. didn't necessarily have to, but yep. So yeah, so we got out the paper and started redrawing the bar lines. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like as like as in as like a when I'm following somebody else, like the last thing I want to be doing is counting. Yeah. what anything is. But like, as a fiddle player, I feel like it's my job to like give sure. people things to hang on to a little bit, you know. So that it, you know, it's what I was thinking about that tune. And like, that's one of the things that that occurred to me. It's like you can you can get through this tune <laughs> by thinking of it as in three. Yeah, right? I uh, after nice. you told me that, I was like, oh, I hope. I hope I'm not going to just be trying to count to three the whole time we play it for the <laughs> podcast. And I did. I, I let the, the natural uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, vibe yeah. of the tune just sort right. of zen me out. And yeah, like, I mean, well, yeah. when I learned it, I wasn't counting it at all. Yeah. I was just like, I'm going to just learn this tune, you know. But then I realized, oh, it's in three. So uh, I, I was looking at the... Uh, um, we're, at Harry, we're at Harry's house, and he has the Milliner Koken thing in there. And I had... Maybe looked in it once before, but it has, um, you know, what are they like fourteen hundred, something around, something about that, uh, fourteen hundred tunes or something. No bar lines, no concept. That's of, ideal. Uh, <laughs> three that's or ideal. four or two, yeah. And uh, maybe that's, maybe I should start conceiving of my music in that way more. It really was like a stroke of genius on their part to not 
put yeah. in bar lines. That was really smart. Yeah. It's just like, don't even, <laughs> just don't. Here's, just, here's the tune. Just don't. <laughs> here's the tune. Yeah. They still have to figure out which note to start on, though. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, great. A new season. Yeah. So speaking of, so speaking of Harry Bullock. I'm going to um, just like quietly spot check while you're explaining. Sure. So uh, Harry and I started playing 15 years ago um, and have played as often as we can since. So like all of these other people I'm describing, it's another one of those cases where he showed up at the right time or and I actually sort of, I, I quietly stalked him. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I yeah, think we've I all did. taken our turns stalking Harry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. So I had I had my turn, and and I and I did, and it, it's so far so good. Uh huh. <laughs> no restraining order. But but mm-hmm. he he writes a lot of really wonderful tunes, and this is this is one of the ones that I end up pulling out when people say, "Let's play a waltz," and. I bring if I know I'm going to do that I bring there's a chart that uh-huh. I can bring so that it's you know so that there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. But it has it has so many of of his sort of like it has a lot of his wonderful sensibility in it. Uh-huh. You know, there's like the it doesn't matter how long this phrase is as long as it's meaningful and <laughs> there's a lot of like really nice sort of like chordal movements in it and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so that's see if I can remember how to play it. Yeah, <laughs> 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 oh, I can't abide it. Then don't. <laughs> do what you gotta do.
All right, thanks for doing the podcast, Brian. Absolutely. That was a great example of me messing up because I was just listening to what you were doing. <laughs> it's like, that's really nice. Oh, yeah, I have to play the tune. <laughs> let's uh, let's um, end on a, like, on a bigger note. Do you got any sure. other, other D-tunes you just want to do on the spur of the moment to end uh, on? Sure. Do you want something fast, slow? Let's do something fast. Really fast. Let's do something fast. Um, how about... We like Indianated Woodchuck or something. Yeah, let's right. do Indianated Woodchuck. Very good. Brian, if he had anything to plug, he told me not to worry about it, even though he has a billion things to plug. Brian's not just an old-time musician, he plays all kinds of music. Fun fact, Brian Slattery is a member in every band. 
do you have a band? Did you know that Brian is in it? Now you know. Also, he's a writer, editor, and radio host. I just had an hours-long conversation with him at Clifftop about science fiction novels, and I found out that he's written three, which I plan to investigate. So this isn't a plug so much as it is an informal encouragement when I say Brian Slattery is not hard to find. If you were to, let's say, Google him, he would be towards the top, hypothetically. I just got back from Clifftop, speaking of Clifftop, and I recorded a lot of episodes that I'm excited for you to hear. If you were a guest last week, thank you. Special thanks to Keith McManus for being my first Clifftop guest, hosting every episode in his tent, and being an encouraging, hospitable, super cool guy. Thanks for making me pancakes, Keith. I also want to make a shout out to my supporters on Patreon. Deb Justice, Bach Bowie, Dad, and recent additions, Anna Strickland and Jay White. You guys are the best. I've always wondered what kind of people actually pick up the phone during a pledge drive, and now I know. And now you all know. If you want to be counted among that kind of people, that caliber of people, go to my website, camerondewitt.com, C-A-M-E-R-O-N-D-E-W-H-I-T-T.com, and click on the button that says Patreon. There you'll see the different levels at which you can help pay for the show and the sweet, sweet rewards you'll get for doing so. Don't forget to tell your friends, like the Facebook page, and share the posts. Uh, And come back next week for more Get Up in the Cool. 